Welcome to the Walter Paisley Movie House, where we celebrate the little engines that could not. Coming to you from Nilbog Manor Studios, our engineer is Jason Harris, our music is by Jonathan Harmon, and I'm your host, Dylan Rory. Today's episode is brought to you by Sweet Sweetback's Badass Barbecue, now available for catering. Today's part two of my conversation with James Lorenz. We talk about acting methods, Swirly, the Marx Brothers. James also gets into uh, restarting his career. Tells me about working in a Scorsese film, The Irishman, and getting screamed at by Al Pacino, but in a pretty good way. He's just a fun person to talk to. I hope you enjoy it. Being in New York, which is really the hub for acting, where if you want to go be a serious actor, New York's the place real... I mean, it's the stereotype. You go to New York to learn acting, you go to Hollywood to become a movie star. And when you're working there and you said you'd studied, I I missed that. What was the school again where you studied? Well, it was called the American Theater of Actors. That was the theater. Mm -hmm. And then uh, with Bob Brady privately, that's pretty much uh, my... uh, What is that based in there? Was it Method? Was it Meisner? Was it... No, it, it was. And, and that was kind of interesting because Bob Brady would teach his class and videotape the scenes. He would give us scenes from movies like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, on the waterfront and, you know, all these parts. Of, you know, I had to play uh, all about Eve, George Sanders. You know, wow. And so and so he would film one take that you could do anything you wanted, like block it out or, you know, whatever you whatever you want to do. And and then he would do a second take. Sometimes he would give a direction, sometimes nothing. He would just shoot it again. Mm-hmm. Then we would watch everybody's stuff. And it was interesting because even if he didn't give you any direction, how different the two takes would be. Like you would think you're doing the same thing. And then your behavior on camera and like, you know, everything is much bigger, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like for a close up. You know, they taught you that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And he never, he, he never criticized someone too bad like he didn't criticize really he would put things in a nice way some people were very bad some people were very good but he made every you didn't feel like shit i'm gonna look like a real asshole doing this and now we gotta watch it and you know so that was nice it made it gave you a little bit of uh, confidence to go out and try different things you know and that I mean, was besides getting stoned before the scene right. <laughs> <laughs> that was acting for directors right yeah and okay so your intent in that's a little different than if you're doing a straight acting class and that you're trying right. to, I guess, part of it is give a director some empathy for what the actor's going through, um, which I think is important. Right, exactly, yeah. And then when you're working for the theatrical acting, obviously, the and of course, the difference between acting theatrically and acting for the camera is huge. Yeah, it's it's just two different things, and, and you know I, we don't do enough. When I say we, most people, we don't do enough theater. We don't, you know, mm-hmm. because once that play starts, it doesn't stop. There's no, <laughs> you know, all right, cut. Let's do that again. But there's also some kind of a real interesting catharsis that happens as if you know if you got a big part in something, you, you're living this thing, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. How do you get it to you know and you know, I've heard actors say it's very satisfying to complete the entire performance as, you know, you know, maybe, maybe not all of it is great, but some of it, and, you know, 
and then it's over and mm -hmm. you're drained and you know that's an interesting experience i think you know yeah uh, you you build that character arc night after night and you're emotionally building yourself up as you're doing it whereas in film a lot of time you're shooting out of continuity uh, yeah. you know you've got to be angry one day and the next yeah. day you've got to be complacent and, and jumping See, that's back why stealing like that. works for film but not for theater. <laughs> because you know you could always you know you could always redo it or change it or get you know give it and you're putting together uh you know this this uh edited version of you know, what, what somebody wants you to perceive whereas in a theater it's just for whatever the actors are out there and, mm -hmm. and whatever they're giving you um I don't know. I like to watch live theater. You know, I'm not a yeah. musicals fan, but I do like to watch like dramas and mm -hmm. comedies. And, you know, I always bring some old uh, fruit and cabbages with me in case oh, sure. at the end it's really bad. Yeah. I can, you got to have you know. that. <laughs> Give them the full vaudeville experience. <laughs> well, speaking of different acting styles, then after King of New York, which, by the way, great death scene. Where yeah, you made that where you made that eleven dollars being yeah. brought by a car. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Oh, see, that's Abel. See, yeah, <laughs> he called me back. See, you know, they when they when they when they wrap you for a movie, mm -hmm. you're done. If yeah. they call you back two weeks later, they have to pay you those mm -hmm. two weeks, and that's a lot of money to somebody. Yeah. It's like at that time it was like maybe four thousand mm -hmm. dollars, and they guys said, "Well, can you do Abel a favor?" Um, you know, he's doing a lot of the movies. He wants to use you again. What are, what are you going to say? No, I, I'm not doing yeah. that. So I said, okay. He goes, well, they're going to get you a little of extra pace and stunt pay. You know, I think, well, maybe it'll be a couple thousand dollars. You know, I got a check for $11. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding? That was great because um, that, was, that was an interesting death scene. But if you look at that very closely, it's so clearly a dummy that hits that... Uh, <laughs> There's like a wire hanger coming off the wire. I don't know who made it. It was um well it, it's absurd. It's it's like a slasher yeah. movie death. You're impaled by a fire hydrant that just wouldn't happen. <laughs> the stunt was actually really it wasn't dangerous or anything. They took sure. the car door off and they put it on a trailer. Mm -hmm. So I'm just holding on and they're drive towing this trailer. So it looks like I'm on the car. <laughs> yes, I didn't have to hang on to the car or anything. But I remember when Lawrence Fishburne took my mask off, mm -hmm. he scratched me with his nail and I had a scratch, you know? Oh, and, there you uh, go. I was like, yeah, you know, I, I didn't put any ointment on it or anything. I kept it for as long as I could. <laughs> so I got injured too. I injured in the scene. So yeah, there you go. Cowboy Curtis scratched you. You're, <laughs> that's a magic touch. <laughs> well, you went from that to television and um a show called city uh valerie harper vehicle uh only half a season was yeah. shot did any of that air yeah yeah all okay. 13 episodes they, did air, they aired it all okay yeah what was that transition like Be going from like a film shoot in tv you're going well they're, they're that, it was more out. like theater because they had a live audience mm -hmm. so instead of you wouldn't do the whole show, but you would do whole scenes mm -hmm. nonstop. You know, the, the blocking would be, you know, they're directing, they're cutting from camera to camera, you know, in a studio. Yeah. And so you had to kind of know a good chunk of it. And so you did get that experience of, uh, 
And it was great because it was a sitcom. I mean, whether it's funny or not, the audience is laughing. You know, the the laugh sign is laughing. Yeah. It's like, ah! They get them all wired on sugar and caffeine beforehand. So yeah. they're all... What was that like, though, then being in front of a live audience? Here you'd been doing oh, movies man. where you're in front of a crew, but now people are focused directly on what you're doing. Yeah, well, that was the big, uh, the big change. You mentioned it. You go to New York for acting and you go to L.A., and uh, suddenly I was like, well, this is awfully nice. I'm getting all this attention. I'm making all this money. I mean, a lot of money that, yeah. uh, you know, uh, I'm on television. Uh, so more people would have seen that show than anybody in my whole lifetime, no matter what, you know, millions of people. Even mm -hmm. if, I mean, it doesn't even have to be a highly rated show. There's millions of people watching. Sure. Somebody's tuned into that program. And, um, you know, suddenly you start feeling, you know, that you're, you're somebody special, you know, and, and that's when you could get into trouble, you know, um, and, uh, Did it go to it your did, head a little bit. Yeah. 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 You know, um, I tell this story because I, I, I don't, I want to learn from it. I don't want to, and you know, you, you see people behave badly. You hear stories of people and uh you know oh, what an asshole or what you know mm -hmm. but we we're all capable of it on and many levels sure. becoming an asshole <laughs> without you know um and i remember I, I had a trailer you know you had your own trailer and and my lock was a little sticky you know uh, the the key stuck a little bit i i didn't it didn't go smooth enough for me mm -hmm. to you know so i mentioned it to somebody you know one of the pas there or something we'll, we'll look right into it mr lorenz you know <laughs> thing and then the next day i got there and it was still sticking and i made an issue of it with somebody you know like hey you know what the fuck is it? you know and uh i i look back and i'm like you know it's almost like uh like you get drunk like an alcoholic with this this weird uh it's not healthy you know yeah. uh and so i'm glad i was able to like become present and realize geez and get out of my body and say i've got to watch what i say and do because that's not nice and it's not right what's the big deal <laughs> mm -hmm. you care you know what what is this but you can see how some people that have this type of attention and maybe thrust upon them and it doesn't get canceled and it becomes a huge and now you're you know it's i think it can skewer your your sense of uh of uh community and and uh responsibility that you know so and then you put drugs or alcohol into that and somebody that's right and the next thing you know you've got a panic on your hands on the fourth of july <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting it's just uh, to to hear that perspective on it oh um, it happens it happens you know to most people yeah. have that happen and they just fall into it and never find their way back out um, some, some, some of it comes from just the overindulgence to them. You know, you've got a, yeah. a car picking you up and taking you to the studio and, da, 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 and suddenly you think you're hot shit. That's exactly right. And uh, it's, it's, it, and it's funny. I see it in other people now, but I don't, I've changed, you know, I've, I've shifted. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I took some time off, uh, from acting and, uh, so 12 years and, and lived in the real life. You know, what were was, you doing during that interim? I was going to ask was, about that. I was in the automotive industry. I was a car salesman. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I became a manager. And it was a very lucrative 
time, but I was very unhappy because, you know, it, it was just a lot of stress. And then, and then, you know, money, you know, so suddenly making money was the big, was the focus and right. you could make ridiculous amounts of money. You know, it was a good time for the, and, um, but it wasn't really, but I, I sort of shifted during that and learned a lot. So in 2015, I got divorced. I got, you know, everything was, I was starting all over again. And I, so I, I um, with the help also of a gentleman named Eckhart Tolle, I don't know how, uh, how familiar you or your listeners are. He's sort of like a German philosopher. He just talks about living in the moment and recognizing presence because it's all we really have got, you know. Um, uh, he also instructed me to murder the governor, but I'm waiting to get more sure. uh, things on. Uh, hold on, there's a knock at my when door. The, when you hear the tone. <laughs> Oh, the governor <laughs> resigned. Job done. You're good. <laughs> what, so yeah. what, what was his name again? Eckhart? Eckhart Tolle. He, he wrote a book called The Power of Now. Okay. And it, it just came to me at a, at a time that was very, you know, I was in a bad place. I was mm -hmm. driving a cab at night. And, you know, you know, when, when you're getting divorced, but you're still living in the same house with someone <laughs> and... I'm sleeping on a Castro convertible and right. Although I did catch up on my Perry Masons. That well, there you good. go. Because <laughs> I watch that every night at 12 o'clock. But anyway, uh, it's, it, 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 it was a good thing to, to be exposed to. So I notice it in a lot of people now, like um, where their priorities are and like, what are you doing this for? Why are we, you know, why do you do a podcast? I mean, I, yes, you want people to enjoy it and you want people to, you know, but there's got to be something more than, well, maybe I can get this on network or maybe I can do this. Sure. You know, there's more to it. And, and it's, it's why films like Frank and Upper Street Trash are still around because there's more to it. And um, it's not just, hey, let's make a movie to try to make money or get noticed yeah. to become famous or, or, you know, and there's a lot of people that that's their priority, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and it should be, we should be rewarded. We should be paid. And, you know, it's such a wacky, you know, uh, dichotomy of, you know, you got actors making absolutely nothing and making $40 million in picture because they're a star. It's, right. it's not the same thing, you know? And yeah. So, uh, so with that, do you, how do you incorporate that being in the present, being in the now in your everyday life? Do you do like mindfulness exercises, things like that? I drink a lot of bourbon. That works. I yeah. But, I, but I'm aware of, it. I'm aware of it. <laughs> and I feel its presence, you know, and uh, and therefore uh, I try to uh, be be conscious of consciousness. Mm -hmm. It sounds a little screwy, but, you know, no, uh, I get it. It helps in every aspect. Like, you know, uh, like I'm like I had agents and managers and I was behaving not you know and realizing that uh well you don't have to be that way you know and sometimes the idea is uh like it's a wonderful life there's a a, a sign hanging up in his house and i guess it's a saying i don't know if it was the father saying or lincoln or i don't know what and it says all you ever really have is what you've given away and so i i, I understood that for the first time uh, it could be material things giving away, but it could also be not arguing with somebody that's wrong <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Or mm -hmm. if, if somebody is treating you poorly, 
not immediately going on the defensive or, you know, and, and there's power in that, you know? Yeah. At least yeah. until I kill the governor. It, sure. But until then, you have peace. What's that? He resigned? <laughs> what is Lore Buzz Films? That's me, uh, my friend George Buzzio, uh, who actually has a um, uh, an interview show. Yeah, Buzz News. Buzz Talk Live. Buzz Talk, that's it, Buzz Talk. He's starting his own thing. You know, we used to, as kids, we were making films. That's what we wanted to do. So as mm -hmm. teenagers, we, we made up a company, Lore Buzz. And so, you know, we, we made, we would just copy what we saw, Dog Day Afternoon, and we were the actors, we'd film each other, and then we moved to, to sound, Super 8 sound, and, you know, I have all these films, I got to figure out how to transfer them, because I, I want to, I want to throw a, a, a James Lorenz <laughs> My film festival. Jason's peeking at me over the thing, he's done some of that for me, so. <laughs> what, what's, what's that? He transfers to digital, Oh. stuff like that, so. I know what guy. I'm talking about actual film, like yeah. Super 8 and, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll have He's to He's like a little mad scientist. With, so. We can figure well, out. Those are the best of mine. When you guys were making those movies, it, it, we talked to, I don't know if you know the director, Mark Pirro. Um, he made Why a Polish a Polish vampire in Burbank was the movie that he made that made them probably oh, got the biggest great title. Oh, isn't it great? Um, it was the lowest budget film ever bought by a network. And that was USA bought it and ran it for like oh. two years. Okay. Um, but it was the same thing. He had a super eight camera. He and his friends would make movies. Yeah. So when you guys were doing that, obviously it was just something, your passion that you were wanting to follow and you did. Yeah. So when you're making those, you said you were, you were copying what you saw, what kind of innovation, what, what did you figure out when you were doing that? I figured out how bad we were. <laughs> like we made a, a, a film called easy money. And it was, uh, it was about two construction workers that find a briefcase of heroin and they don't know what to do with it. So they find a guy that's going to test it for them, but somehow it goes awry. They wind up killing him and uh, his friend gets shot. But he gets, these are with 16 years old, like, sure. you know, but they were, <laughs> but, but, but learning and, and, and acting and where to place the camera and learning, you know, sometimes that's helpful when you look back and you go, geez, there were, there were kids, real talented people our age making really interesting things. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but, but that's the education that you learn by doing it, you know, mm -hmm. like, um, so especially like, you know, if I, I look back, you know, our, um, like we thought we were really serious of like making these, sure. you know, and um, I remember we showed it, SVA, School Visual Arts had a movie night, you know, bring your, bring your old films and we'll show them. So that's where I was watching how other kids that were doing this and they were making these great science fiction things. And mm -hmm. then ours came on. And they were laughing because, well, they were laughing because we didn't realize how ridiculous it was. Like right. we had big bags full of baby powder or the heroin, <laughs> you know, and, the, you know, so. Uh, it and, sounds and, great uh, to me. Yeah. I'm 100% on board. When, okay. So you look at them now, of course, you're going to see all the things you did wrong, but 
you also, I'm sure, did things right. So when you yeah. were doing those, what and you were coming up with ways to, you know, you got to shoot somebody. How do you figure out how to make that work? Well, you know, you, we didn't have any. We'd have to edit in the camera sometimes. There was no. Mm -hmm. I remember once we used a Dunkin' Donuts jelly donut um, nice. to, to to show to show that mm -hmm. um, we found an abandoned rail yard where my character is supposed to get electrocuted by the third rail, but there's no third rail. I'm on right. the track. I hit, uh, <laughs> you know, and, you know, so you, you kind of fake it the way, the way you can. It's not, um, you know, we, we didn't really, uh, like, the, you know, there'd be a bloody knife and we would throw it in the sink so you could see some blood in it. Mm -hmm. and, you know, innocent things, you know, that, yeah. uh, you know. As you've gone through, you, you seem to, very personable and it, and it seems like when you work with some a lot of people you become friends with them and you end up working with them again tony darrow probably being the most obvious go-to for that but um i've heard you talk about your friendship with sam lloyd um friendships uh well just across the board the people um i mentioned him in uh in the intro but jan saint from frankenhooker who uh, has the great, she's in the fucking bar, that great line. That um, guy is Jan Saint. Is Jan right? Saint. I thought it was pronounced Jan. I apologize. Oh, maybe it okay. is. I, 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 I Listen, we got Greg sure. Goreza right. You can't That's get more right. right. <laughs> you know, Jan Saint. You know, he killed himself by jumping off the George Washington Bridge. Yeah, he'd been diagnosed um, yeah. with something terminal. I can't remember what it was, but yeah. yeah um, Awful. Yeah. But he was really good. Very funny. Yeah, it, uh, one of those guys who shows up in these bizarre films, uh, a lot of cult films. It's it, he's one of those little kind of unknowns that's known to a very small group of people. Um, so, it, it, as you're going around, you're making friends with these people. Uh, you and David Caruso became friends on Kings of New York and uh, ended up then working. And I, would, I guess this leads us right into Swirly. I've talked about the three people in it, you, Tony yeah. Darrow and, and uh, David Caruso. That was all you. What started you down that path? Well, I, I always wanted to be a filmmaker. So mm -hmm. I, I, you know, the, when, I, when I did the TV show, I made all this money. And, uh, you know, of course, hindsight, I should have probably just stayed in Los Angeles and continued to, I, or I may have gotten on another show, like, you know, I, but I was, but I said, no, I, now I've got the money, I'll, I'll invest in myself and I'll mm -hmm. make the movie. And, uh, but back then you would shoot a few scenes to raise money to right. show, especially when the main character is an ice cream cone, you got to have something to show them, <laughs> you know, what is this? And um, so we shot a bunch of scenes and it was never meant to be a short film, but we cut it together and it kind of is a little linear story. Um, but, you know, the, the, the whole heart of that film is when he goes into a hot tub mm -hmm. and commits suicide, but he feels warm for the first time in his life. Right. And uh, then his, he refreezes him, his friend, which was stolen from the blob. Right. And they have that, <laughs> that thing and it freezes the, the CO2. And, uh, but in the script, which is a full feature, he wakes up and he's, you know, he's in a mental hospital, you know, and you try to harm yourself, you go, you know, you got to get help and he gets therapy and decides to, to try to come back. But then he becomes a victim of what I talked about in, uh, in sometimes, uh, 
uh, letting success or things go to your head. And um, so, but those guys, yeah, those, those were friends and they wanted to get involved with it. And uh, I'm glad because they both went on to great careers. Yeah. Mine went down the toilet. <laughs> well, I it definitely, I, I think that movie, the, the short would have probably faded away had not you've had them in it and so yeah, you know I, when I david caruso so. got success it resurged it was kind of people were yeah. talking about that again so you know part of that's just the power of being a nice guy and making friends and and being open on a set to people that you draw them towards you you seem like a magnetic personality well i i, I just try to be uh yeah there's no reason not to be you know, mm -hmm. I mean, you could be aloof. I could be aloof and, you know, and yeah, yeah. And give you short answers or, you know, or I could, uh, you know, use this as, uh, as self-therapy for myself. <laughs> uh, so, you know, the, um, I, I'm going to make that movie. I mean, I'm not done with Squirrely yet. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, what you can do today with digital cameras and yeah. existing light. And not that I would want to, I really would like to keep the effects as real, not CGI and that, mm -hmm. because it's just, I don't know, there's something more uh, romantic about that oh. to, to, to do it that way, you know, but, you know, so I, who knows, you know. It's a beautiful prosthetic. The, yeah. it, it's something that could have easily been horrifying to look at, but it's not. It's. Yeah. I still have the head. It's in my uh, storage space. I saved, oh, nice. Yeah, it's all cool. lopsided and everything now, but I, <laughs> I saved that in the costume just in case. Sure, sure. And I, are you act, so you're actively working toward getting that to become some a full feature? Well, I'm, I, I'm actively thinking about it. In other words, I haven't given up on it. It's just okay. that at, at this point, you know, I'm, uh, I'm living in a little apartment in, um, uh, Pearl River, New York, which is about 420 square feet. I've been to Pearl River. It's got a, oh, well, you know, there's a lot of Irish pubs here. Yes, I've been to I'm several. not Irish, so uh, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, I have a little utility kitchen combo. So, you know, I started trying to get back as an actor for, for mm -hmm. phase two in 2015. I've done a couple of small things, but nothing's really... Um, you know, come, I, uh, although I, I just worked on something not, uh, to plug it, maybe. Um, sure. My, uh, uh, like every job, whatever it is, even your podcast, I'm sure you meet people that you're probably in touch with on a regular basis, you know, and some people not, no, but every job you have already, there's always one guy that seems to stick around in your life. And for me, it was Kamal Ahmed. He's in uh, yeah. the Jerky Boys. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's a very interesting guy, funny as hell. However, is also uh, like Abel Ferrara and, and, and Frank Henenlotter. And he's a New York filmmaker that's made several feature films. All have been released, all mm -hmm. have, you know, and varying themes. These aren't comedies. I mean, you know, um, so he just switched it up and changed formats and he's doing a series now. A lot of people are shooting smaller and then calling it a miniseries or calling mm -hmm. it, you know, science fiction thing. and. He cast me in a role that I would never get to play ever because that was crash, you know, crash the system. Yes. Yes. That that crash the okay. system. It's a science fiction piece. I don't know how to describe it, except uh, I play a man that uh, somehow is in the middle of 
people that are experimenting with uh, sound waves and mind control and, and uh, they're trying to entice me to murder a scientist uh, that uh, apparently has made a breakthrough in parallel universes. Now I'm getting lost. So I've said enough already. <laughs> but um, it was a chance to, you know, really get, you know, because most of the thing, I mean, I did a little thing in the Irishman. I did a little thing yeah. in, uh, you know, uh, I, I did an episode of the show called Unforgettable. That was, I thought mm -hmm. was very good. But so uh, I'm, but this, this I'm curious to see because uh, I, I've kind of grown up a little bit, I think. And, um, you know. When does that, in what station is that going to be on station? Jesus, could I sound older? This is, is CBS. that on UHF? <laughs> it's um, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> UHF. I could never get any of those channels. <laughs> I got channel forty-seven in New York, and it was a Spanish station out of Linden, New Jersey. Nice. <laughs> uh, he's in post-production, and uh, you know we we've just finished looping on it. I'm in like three episodes of the second season and one episode of the first. And um, okay. it's a nice arc. Uh, I'm hoping it might be out by the end of the year. It's, um, you know, that's the other thing. There's so many more avenues for yeah. product. Uh, streaming channels, Amazon, YouTube, like all of the, and these are not little bullshit things anymore. They, they right. actually, you know, attract lots of viewers and, mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I've been watching some myself, just trying to get up to speed on, you know, what people are doing, you know, what you can do in 40 minutes, you know, in a yeah. story. And, you know, um, so that's uh, that's what that's what I'm doing now. That's that, that's mm -hmm. the next thing. So, well, yeah, you mentioned like the Irishman, you know, that was made for Netflix by Netflix and they brought in Scorsese, who he makes movies for the big screen. So to, to get him pulled into this, obviously the medium is changing. Well, the, his sense of freedom, they, they said, all right, make whatever movie you want. We want you. Mm -hmm. It's not guys in a boardroom or whatever, just trying to figure out how they're going to make the most money in, yeah. in barn and, and screen, you know, and uh, I mean, the movie's three and a half hours long. Right. <laughs> so, you know, that would have been a good series. He talked about it, why they didn't do that. But um, uh, I think it's I think it's a really fascinating movie. I mean, mm -hmm. and I got a real treat to be in that because the scenes I were in were with uh, Al Pacino and yeah. uh, Robert De Niro. And I got to see how they work and how, you know, I, Al Pacino is my new hero now. I, I um, for two reasons. The guy's 77 years old. And he's doing this performance, screaming, you know, and then when, you know, when they would cut, he's like, he's wobbling because he's all got to help him, put him in the chair, you know, right. so he's giving it his all here. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he does, he does this, you know, 15 times, right. You know, different takes that, but when they turn the cameras around and now it's the guy's reactions in the room, that's usually when most of the A talent goes home and right. they, <laughs> And they bring somebody in to read the lines and you, you react to them. Well, he stayed there. Not only stayed there and read it with us, he did the same performance off camera. Wow. So here's a guy that looks at it as, no, no, no. I want the reactions to be mine too. You see, like, yeah. you know, it, he could have left and it, nobody would know. And it really is not that big of a deal, I guess. But if you, when you're at that stature of an actor, you know, to me, that was so inspiring and so like, my God, these guys are doing 
this because they really like it and it's something that they're proud of and it's it's and, and you know of course in between takes him and De Niro and Scorsese they're laughing and they have and I'm like my god this is fun they're having a, they're having a fun time mm-hmm. even though it's a very serious scene and everybody's you know nobody's talking to them but to see that and and the dedication of somebody uh you know it, it makes you think about geez was I really complaining about a stuck lock 40, 30 years ago, you know, so, uh, you know, I'm, I, I, I was, ha- I was, I was grateful for that, you know, I mean, I got to, I'm on screen for two seconds, but I was grateful to be in that, sure. that, uh, that room because, uh, I mean, how many people can say they were in a Scorsese film? Well, apparently a lot, there's over 400 <laughs> people in this thing uh i'm the only one left so now everyone has been in it everyone everyone in new york has been in of course he waited until my deathbed before you know cast me in something (laughs) i think you got a few years ahead of you we'll Well, get we'll get swirly happening don't worry (laughs) (laughs) what the perspective that you talked about that you've gained um how much of that came during that hiatus um not much uh because mm-hmm. there was you know it, it really came when um the the night i well i moved you know i was getting to when you get divorced it's a weird thing you know you would you with somebody all these years and you can't stand them but like you know you, now mm-hmm. you your life is changing you know and uh i moved out is like kind of the first time I was on my own living alone like ever you know except for mm-hmm. when I was doing the series but I was renting an apartment in you know Hollywood you know furnished you know it wasn't right. it's like staying in a hotel it wasn't like I felt like I was you know really living there uh but um my perspective changed uh yeah while I was working when I realized boy I'm in working in a job I don't like and uh and I you know and I started to appreciate a lot of things a lot more in terms of you know what i've done and and the experiences that i had and i and i remember saying you know i would love to redo this or have a second ch- chance at this and 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 really uh, uh give it the attention and respect it deserves as opposed to thinking i'm you know um yeah sorry no i got the i got the same thing <laughs> there's a gnat it's Just coming through my screen now <laughs> Yeah, this podcast is in 3D. I'm so sorry. Go, it, go ahead. Jason? All right, sweat his throat now. We call it feel around. Feel around. <laughs> <laughs> it's William Castle's directing this podcast. Another great name. Another guy that, you know, doesn't get as much. I mean, I mean, with fans and everything. Yeah. You know, he, he, I, and I actually, when... I was reading about the premiere of Street Trash showing up on the garbage truck. I'm like, well, that's a William Castle move. Yes. <clears throat> this guy had nurses and doctors waiting in case somebody <laughs> died in the theater. That's good stuff, you know. My son and I went on a, a month-long road trip a couple summers ago. And when we went through Pasadena, we went to the big graveyard. That was the only grave we sought out. Oh, that's All the wonderful. others. I wanted to go see Groucho Marx's, but it's yeah. in a private area. And Sam Cook, my son's favorite yeah. singer, is in a oh, private area. Oh, my daughter area. loves Sam Cook. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, did he have anything interesting on his grave site? Or? No, it's uh, the most boring. I thought he had some kind of. Flat- funny I know. <laughs> I'm like, he deserves a 
big tall tombstone that talks yeah. to you <laughs> right, right skeleton well, he, flies out he, he made one of my favorite films the tingler I, oh I, yeah I, it's a great know, one that with the buzzing seats again that's his yeah. his but the film itself was great i thought you know? yeah especially it really the, is the, the the vincent price's lsd trip right <laughs> that was the really escaped in the theater scream yeah. <laughs> That we're actually working on screening that one with the buzzing seats. That's great. Yeah. We're oh, going to be, wow. I've got a friend who's an engineer. Where is that cafe? How can I get out there? Uh, it's right here in Indianapolis. Oh. Yeah. We've got um, our next one's coming up on Saturday. We're doing all girl bands. I'm doing Spice World and Vicious oh, yeah. Lips. So. Nice. 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 You yeah, get a we loyal following on that? Like it's, it's growing. People come? It's growing. Yeah. It, it had gotten really big then the pandemic hit. And so um, that it actually hit at a perfect time for me in my personal life. So I could kind of get my life back together and then yep. um, pick it up again now. And we've got people coming in from out of town for it and stuff. So yeah, it's really starting to grow. That's good. It's a lot of fun. That 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 could turn into something much bigger than you think. <laughs> uh, uh, it would be, you know, I you know, it's all like this. It's a passion project. It's something that yeah, um, but that's the only thing worth doing. And those are the yeah. ones that usually turn out to be successful. <laughs> We're we, not thinking about that. It's just about doing it. You know, it was a it was a great moment for me. The second one I did, I was showing Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Love it. And love beforehand, it. I had a Three Stooges short, Spook Cloud. Love them. Was and it a Shemp or a Curly? It was a Shemp. Good, good, yeah. good. Gotta good. love Shemp. Um, this nine-year-old girl, I'm guessing at the age, was just sitting there mesmerized <laughs> and laughing. And so she Great. came up to me afterward and she goes, can I find more of those? And I was like, yes, oh, yes, I got yes. one. <laughs> it was the best feeling in the world and it's it's my favorite thing about this is i always ask beforehand is who hasn't seen this film and most of the hands go up and i go awesome i'm showing them something new that's you know it, it's a great feeling doing that even you know, when it's uh, something awful <laughs> one of my uh one of my biggest days of feeling proud my daughter i used to live in burbank and she was born out there and uh I had her and the neighbor kid and, uh, you know, I don't know, my wife was out. So I put on the three stooges for them, you know, and they had seen them before, but I'm not allowed mm. to show them, you know, on the right. uh, so I, I put them on and I, I'm doing, and I hear her, I hear the kids say to her, they're like five years old, right? Four or five years old. And the kid goes, where's Curly? And my Gosh. daughter goes, no, he's not in it. That's Shemp. That's Curly's brother. <laughs> Awesome. So Good said, parenting. You know, I, Solid I, I, parenting. I, I threw my chest out and cried. Yes, as you should have. <laughs> yeah, my the a proud my proud moment as my parent was my son bought on his own the Marx Brothers Blu-ray set wow. when it came out. Wow. I was like, I did something That's, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can't I can't get her into the Marx Brothers. She's afraid of Harpo. Now, maybe it's really? just a girl thing. Yeah, I, I just afraid. Of I mean, he, I could see creepy. why. <laughs> Dudes running around grab ass at women left and right. <laughs> Chico's the one she should watch out for. 
Yeah, he's pretty he's pretty crazy too. <laughs> Just in real life. <laughs> he, was, he was a cad. <laughs> What's your favorite Marx Brothers movie? Um, I love Duck Soup. Really, yeah, anything yeah. that they were doing with Paramount yeah. are my favorites. Um, uh -huh. Once they went to MGM, the anarchy went away. There was always yeah. a love story they were trying to save. I didn't care well, for those They weren't really the stars anymore. There was always a story behind them. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Although, I, I, my favorite is not one of the classics, but uh, I have it on my DVR, right after Treasure of the Sierra Madre, of course, is uh, Room Service. I, yeah. Yeah. I really, you know, and that was a one that was not written for them. That was a play on Broadway. Mm -hmm. And actually Harpo's part, it was a speaking part. It was a guy, it was, mm -hmm. you know, it was, but it was like, so they adapted it for them. But I, I really like that one. I think there's some laughs in it. You know? I think that one was a, a Chico needed the money one. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. He had, had a lot of gambling debts. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> but boy, could he play a piano. Oh, man. Yeah, absolutely. Those the the early ones with Paramount were just such anarchy all the time. You, you yeah. never knew why they were doing what they were doing. Yeah. And it didn't matter. You were just having fun watching the chaos. Yeah, I think I'm going to watch one tonight. Nice. First, I'm going to have a drink, though. Sure. <laughs> I'd go out and get one, but this fucking lock won't open right, so I'm not going to leave my apartment. <laughs> Call the PA, <laughs> goddammit. Do you know who I am? <laughs> I was in street trash. <laughs> I was in street trash. <laughs> then they changed the lock on me. <laughs> So you've, uh, you've been doing a lot of conventions and things. And of course, then the pandemic comes along and yeah. puts a lot of the kibosh on that. Although a lot of them did go virtual. I, yeah. I, how has that been though, out doing the convention life? I watched you and Patty doing a panel. Uh, I think it was in New Jersey, a, um, a convention. New Jersey there. Horicon. I think Atlantic so. Yeah. 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 It's like 2019 or something. Yeah. Yeah. That was the, that was the last one. That was Ryan Weber's show. Uh, mm -hmm. he, he's the producer of that uh they're fun i i i it's a little uncomfortable for me uh, only because uh i have a problem selling people my autograph I, yeah you know, it's like now i understand you know that's people make money and and you know but it's uh and, and of course i like to make money as well but sure. it's uh so i feel that my obligation that anybody that comes to want to give me twenty dollars which is very reasonable very reasonable oh absolutely I have to spend at least like 10, 15 minutes with them. I want to, you know, I mean, even the cheapest whore spends time, you know, with the John and sure. I want to, and I want to give them, you know, I want to give them a, a, a rim job that they're not going to forget. <laughs> so I want so listeners to find him at a convention and he'll give you a I, rim job for 20 well, bucks. The, the funny part is I, after a while I start talking to these people and they, they're lost too. Like we're not even talking about Frank, you know, their lives and who's getting married and do they like what they do? And, and, and so that's very interesting. But after the end of the day, you're so exhausted, you, you sure. know, get talked out, you know, plus I'm drinking wine out of a Starbucks cup, you know, <laughs> your tongue's purple. And, oh, my throat <laughs> is on fire. You know, uh, I, you know, you know, it's funny. We were talking about friends. Actually, I became good friends with Patty Mullen on Frank. Mm -hmm. You know, because 
that was my one, not that I see her all the time, but you know, I like to go to the conventions with her because she's the star of the movie. And um, you know, I, I, it's always great if I'm right next to her, uh, folks, you know, you can get the second one here and get the whole collection, you know, because they're coming to see her. You know, she yeah. dresses up and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So I started wearing a doctor's coat and a stethoscope you know, yeah. for the kids. <laughs> you know. I did. I showed Frankenhooker at one of my screening nights and this this family came. Oh. They had their kids with them. They weren't Shame super young. You. They were like 10 to 12 around there. Well, I, I don't know. That's I'm, a, I'm a big advocate of kinder trauma. I think it's fine. That um, made me the person I am watching movies I shouldn't have. Like you as a latchkey kid, I would come home and watch the afternoon movie and it'd be something horrible yeah. that I shouldn't be watching. But um, yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was, it was really weird. These, these, these kids are and they'd obviously seen it before so <laughs> well, i don't know what bizarre. the weird part would be for them uh i guess seeing uh the, all the nudity might be uncomfortable for them i guess you know i i would rather my kids see a pair of tits than a decapitation i agree but you but know that's not the way but that movie's know. got both <laughs> so. it certainly does and it's got decapitated tits on top of everything else detidicated <laughs> what do they call that Emasticated? something <laughs> maybe Where were we? I don't even know what we were talking about. The Marx Brothers, we just went down a rabbit hole here. Yeah, it went, but, it went too far. Hopefully you'll be cutting this down to a This is becoming the Irishman of podcasts here. You know, and you, you, nobody wants to listen to a three hour, 40 minute podcast. Yeah, no, I never go more than an hour. So yeah, okay, it, good. So cut out it, all the if, stuff that I put people over the coals on. You know? Yeah, no, that'll be the that'll be part two. I'll say now. Here's all the stuff I cut. No, <laughs> I always. I'm not a journalist, so I don't try and uh, I don't try and throw anybody under the bus. And if if I feel like a guest is saying something they're going to regret later, I try and save them from themselves. Oh, well, that's back. very nice so, of you. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's like I say, this is a podcast about celebrating something that I'm passionate about, which is movies that not a lot of people know about um and in your case an actor not enough people know about i think oh um, thank you what you bring to roles is so unique and so committed uh uh, more people should be seeing what you're doing out there so once the news of the governor comes out everyone will be hearing (laughs) you'll be as famous as that hinkley fella (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, I have to say this was very enjoyable. I, I had no idea. I mean, I looked you up. I listened to some of your podcasts. I, oh, thanks. I, you know, but but uh, this was very very interesting. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Thank you. And, um, I, I, I you know, it's okay if you cut it down. <laughs> you know, uh, we don't want to go too long. But sure. uh, it's very nice. I, I think what you're doing is really interesting and. Hell, I'd like to come out and see one of those uh, screenings. We'd love to have you if if we can work something out well, i'd love you, to show you update your you, it's always on your website right like what day is shown i put it or? on the facebook pages my oh, website page. is, okay. yeah I'll, i'm I'll, not uh, as good on my I'll, website am i i don't know if i'm part of your page i think i think we're friends on facebook but i'll, give, I'll send your, you an invite send me the it. link i'll join yeah. your page that way cool. i can keep up to date on what you're doing cool 
Well, thank you so much, James. This has just been a lot of fun. When when Gary got a hold of me and said he could get you, I'm like, seriously? Really? Him? <laughs> yeah, you mean Greg. 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 I said Gary. Now that's going to be cut out, Greg. fellas. Yeah, I'm going to edit that, definitely. <sighs> or, or just insert a cough. <laughs> 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 I had it. This was, it was very, very pleasurable and very good for me. And uh, and I didn't see Jason, but he's been very helpful. Uh, to the, Here, we, Jason, say before. say hi. He's met you. Oh, yeah. hi there. We, we met at Shockstock a few years ago. I worked. I was that Shockstock was like ten years ago. <laughs> Don't tell me that. <laughs> that was a like great was convention. Like that was the first one months. they did that I was at. Oh, okay. Yeah. Jason is Jason works for Trauma. He volunteers for Trauma at all of those oh, events, and he's actually kidding. Lloyd's handler when he comes to Indianapolis. That's so. nice. That's very nice. <laughs> I have eight millimeter footage that I need to talk to Jason about. All right, I'll connect you guys on Facebook. So. <laughs> That'll be um, fine. James, thanks a lot. All right, boys. Go have a, have a good evening. You too. Take, Take care. care. Bye bye. Bye That was James Lorenz. Like I said, fun guy to talk to, inspiring as well. Being so open about making changes to himself, to better himself, and to come back and restart his career after 12 years away. Just a, a brave, inspiring guy, I think. Our next episode will be a conversation with Lisa Petrucci, CEO of Something Weird Video. I don't know about you guys, but most of my shelves are filled with their collection. A pretty interesting conversation. She is a really neat person. Uh, had a lot of fun talking to her as well. As you're getting back out in the world, remember to tip your servers well because it's the Walter Paisley Movie House and we do not piss on hospitality. Till next time, kids. Bye.